0: Here's part two of Wholeness in Black History Month.
1: Representation is really so impactful more than just saying, Hey, that person looks like me, but it kind of breaks down the barriers in your mind that you didn't realize that you had um, where you didn't, you just kind of subconsciously said, Oh, I could never be a CEO. I could never be a director. I could never be in that specific position because I've never seen someone that looks like me. And we don't realize that we do that. We just say, Oh, I'm not going to go into that because I don't think I do well, or I don't, I don't like it. You know, I'm uncomfortable. Um, But why are we uncomfortable? Why do we think that we can't get there? That's, why representation in space and and presence is so important. Something that I'd love to ask you a little bit about because you are a part of BSA is how that has been an impact for you with acknowledging this lack of support of wholeness maybe in society and in curriculum. How have Uh you seen your involvement in an ethnic org like the Black Student Association impact your experience?
2: So much. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I touched on earlier. I grew up in a predominantly white, space. So I had black family, huge family, you know, so I'm spending time with other black people. It's not like that's not a thing, but there's something about something about this like shared culture, this shared understanding from people who you've never met before. You know what I mean? You don't know them, but there's that, there's that thing. I remember being a freshman um in my in my dorm. I lived in Ingstrom and I was playing music in my room and I'm playing this super, I mean, I thought it was a super famous song by Brandy and it's from like the nineties. And like, I'm like, everyone knows the song, like obviously, and this girl, and she's white, which she's so sweet. Love her. She comes into my room. She's like, is this new? Like, oh my gosh, I love this. And in my head, I was like, what? What do you mean? You know, no, this was like, this is like a classic. Like, what are you talking about? And then I think to go into this space and, you know, things like that happened a lot. They happened a lot at APU. They happened a lot, you know, in my childhood and stuff like that was kind of the norm that I was listening to things or presenting away or thinking things that no one else around me was thinking because we had very different experiences. But I think then to start making friends with other Black people and I would play a song and they knew the words already, and I was like, oh, shoot, you know, like, that's crazy. Um, I think one of the best things that I got from being a part of the BSA was a sense of community. Um, not to say that I couldn't have that elsewhere, because I definitely did have it elsewhere. Um, but I think it was very profound to meet other people and form connections with other people who were going through the same things that I was, maybe in different ways because, you know, blackness is not does not present one way, but it always seemed like there was something that we could kind of come back to together to say, okay, we're in this space um, that is not always geared toward us. We are not, you know, we are the minority here. Um, We don't always feel heard in this space. We don't always feel safe in this space. We don't always feel catered to in this space. But here on a Thursday night in this room with other Black people and other allies to Black people, you know, we can just kind of exist with our hair down and like just fully relax, you know, fully be ourselves with the music and the slang and the jokes and everything. Um, I think it was huge because... I went from a predominantly white space to another predominantly white space. Um, But this time there was a little safe haven in the middle of it to say like, no, it's fine that we're in a predominantly white space. That's perfectly okay. And we're gonna thrive here and it's wonderful. And we're making wonderful connections with the people here but also when you get tired of people not knowing the song or people asking you if you wash your hair you know, when you get a little bit tired of that, you can come here and we can talk about hair care products and listen to the song by Brandy, you know, and not nothing is a question mark. You know, you're, you're not a question mark. You're not asking, am I going to come into this space? And are people going to be uncomfortable? You don't have to ask, are they going to make a comment about this? Or are they going to microaggress me again? You know, it's kind of just like, hey, just come into this space and like refuel. And then we're going to go back. And we're going to thrive and we're going to do it well and we're going to be a part of the community but it's like you know you can't pour from an empty cup and so sometimes it felt like the best place to get that cup feel, filled was at BSA with other people so I think that's been the biggest part of it was really just the sense of community.
1: I am a wholehearted believer in clubs and organizations and especially um, ethnic orgs I think um, I mean we all want to belong right, right. and so when there are students who might not feel like they belong in the larger scheme of a university to find a space where they feel like they can belong. That's what keeps students at universities, that's what keeps them sane and the ability to go on. And so there's a book that I think was really impactful to me um, in discussing why I think orgs are really important, which is, I believe it's called Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria? And so Mm -hmm. it's it's bringing to light the the need for those affinity groups and to be able to have a group of people similar to a family where you can feel at least like you can exhale. Hit it on the head where you said, things are not a question mark you don't have to feel like your experience is being questioned. There's a good amount of people who just understand, they just get it. And that I think that's why ethnic wars are really important at a university as well. Thank you for- sharing all of those things. I think it's really important. I want to kind of move into our last question. And then afterwards, we can move into a time of response and question and answer. So my last question is kind of twofold, I guess, what does it mean for others to support you as a whole person? And what does it mean to for others to support Black History Month? And maybe to kind of add on that anything that you wish others to know?
2: For me specifically, supporting me as a whole person looks like openness and lack of judgment is a huge one. And I think those things also go towards supporting Black History Month or supporting Black people um, in general is openness. But I think also a commitment to learning is a big one rather than having Black people have to have a commitment to teaching all of the time. um, It's always nice when someone comes into a space and they're saying like, no, I'm, I'm doing the work actively. I don't need you to put your experience on this whiteboard um, and to take all of your trauma and lay it out for me so that I can learn from it. You know, it's, it's so refreshing when someone comes and they're like, Hey, I read this book and I listened to this podcast and I watched this documentary and I did all of these things. And I do have a couple of questions. If you're comfortable answering some questions right now, cause maybe you're having a hard day, you know, <laughs> I think respecting that, like sometimes people do want to teach. I'm one of those people 9.5 times out of 10. If you come up to me and you have a question about race or any of these, like you know marginalized areas. I'm going to lay it out for you cuz I'm like that's that's my nature. I'm huge on teaching and educating and I know that a huge part of that is helping people to create empathy around these topics. So I'm I'm going to lay it all out. You can just ask me. It's fine. <laughs> um, but sometimes you're tired. And so I think when people are like I'm I'm doing the work, but I do still need, you know, a second opinion. Are you comfortable? Is today a good day? Can you handle this today? I think is a huge deal. Also, there's this thing about anti-racism lately, which I heard it and I was like, at first I was like, why don't we just, you know, I feel like this is a lot. But I'm like, no, that makes sense. Like, you can't just be like, no, racism is bad. You have to be like this. I'm going to actively be working toward change. And I think for some people that they perceive that as every day after work, I have to grab a sign and a Black Lives Matter face mask and I have to go into the streets and I have to scream. No, 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 you don't. You really don't. That really just looks like being in line at a Starbucks and hearing someone say something racist to someone and being like, hey, that's not, that's not cool. Educating people, educating your friends or just letting the person who was microaggressed or harmed just being like, hey, I see you, that wasn't cool. Do you need anything from me? You know, um, I think it can look like very small everyday tasks to be anti-racist. It doesn't have to be this large task that you take on. Um, It really just looks like reframing your thinking and your beliefs and letting those changes affect your actions. And then (laughs) I think a big one, and this is something that I was talking to my dad about, it would be really cool if when a black person or someone in general, we don't even have to make it a black thing. Because I think in general, when someone brings up something that's happened to them, if you don't try to explain it away, (laughs) before you say, God, that sounds so horrible, you know, um, I think people have a tendency to get defensive when people say, hey, this horrible thing just happened to me, this person just said this really racist thing to me, or this cop just did this, and you're on, you know, it's a natural defensive reaction to be like, "Mm, are you sure? did you do this? Did, you know, maybe you were, maybe, you know, and like, I get it, but I think sometimes you can get to that part of the conversation, but maybe not before you say, hey, I hear you and I see you. And that sounds absolutely atrocious. Do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? Do you want me to, we can play just dance. I can buy you an entire gallon of ice cream and you could eat it right here in front of me, whatever you need. (laughs) I think for a lot of people, they just want, people to believe them when they say this thing is happening to me and it sounds absurd and I know it sounds too big to be true but it's happening I think they just want people to believe them I think that's that's a big part of the fight is that you get tired of having to explain what's happening to you it's nice when you can just tell someone like this thing happened and they're like okay I believe you it did you know, not to say that we should just go around blindly be believing people. I'm not advertising that, but <laughs> but um, I think there's an important balance in there. Things that I wish that I want people to know: uh, BSA is not only for Black students. We would love to have you. We welcome you. We'd love to hear your perspectives and love on you, and you know, get to do life with you. I know that's such an APU thing, but I can't not say it. Like APU is it's embedded. Um <laughs> And yeah, um, you can follow us at IamAPUBSA on Instagram or email us at bsa.apu.edu.
1: At awesome. Thanks for the plug. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all of your experience. And I know that you are not representative of your entire community. Uh, you, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I just want to thank you for sharing your individual experience and a little bit about Black History Month. And so I hope that we're all able to walk away and take away some of these things that you've shared. But for now, I'd like to move into a time of question, answer, and response for um, some of you who are here. Uh, If you are wanting to ask a question or just kind of share something that resonated with you, feel free to unmute yourself or drop it in the chat.
3: I would like to say thanks, Chai, for talking about your experiences. That was uh, really good to hear. I am Maya Delia. I work in advancement. And I think I I really resonate. I'm Black. You can't see me. My camera's off. But I definitely resonate with a lack of, of meaningful Black history education growing up and even sometimes in college. And I have noticed, I think, that there there's a lot of momentum right now. And there are a lot of people who want to know more about Black history, But I do feel like there's still struggles because sort of like you talked about, like we've got Martin Luther King down, you know, maybe Rosa Parks, maybe Jackie Robinson stops there. And I think I want to say as much as I want to sort of branch out and include more historical Black figures, I think there's also something that's missing in terms of Black futures when we talk about Black history. Because I think it can sort of become a very closed conversation if we're not looking at the future of Black people in America, where we're going, not just where we've been. And so I think I was wondering, Chai, like if you could comment on how to sort of address Black History Month from that perspective of like, where are we going and how can we sort of bring people into that conversation?
2: That's a great question. Love that. (laughs) I think a big part of that in my perspective is that oftentimes when we talk about Black history, we talk about it as if it happened, not so much that it happened and it's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I think is a large part of why it doesn't bleed into the future conversation because if it's just something happened and slavery was 400 years ago, why are we still talking about it? Then there's no need to talk about, you know, how it's affecting the future. And so I think reframing the conversation from, um, and Rachel, you kind of mentioned this, that like history is, you know, yesterday, but also it is today, you know, it's actively happening. Mm. Making sure that when we're having these conversations, we're not only talking about what happened, but what is happening and how, you know, what happens is making things happen today, currently as we speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that when we do that, that kind of, I mean, let me not say it forces us to have that conversation because people definitely can find a way to avoid talking about (laughs) the future implications. But I think if we do that, it makes it a lot harder to deny the conversation of where are we going, what happens next and how does this play into the future?
4: Chai, I just want to thank you so much for your willingness to to share your experience and your wisdom. I I know it's been enriching for me just hearing your perspective. Um, I want to uh, acknowledge something you said actually before we started recording, because I think it plays into something that you uh, talked about, and that is the idea of not being able to see someone like me in a position, right? You are going to be a graduate student, uh, and you are going to be moving on into a career where you're going to be doing doctoral work. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm telling on you. Uh, because I feel like it's wonderful that you are doing something about that, that you are going to be one of those people that uh, young women are going to look at and girls and they're going to say, hey, I didn't realize I could do that, uh, but Chai did it. So now I get to, I get to, I get to set my sights there. So thank you for being willing to put yourself out there and to, to aspire to those things that, um, uh, that will give somebody else a chance to think that through and say, hey, maybe I could do that too. Um, I really appreciate that. I also just wanted to ask a question. And that is, as you are a student leader on campus, you mentioned the idea of anti-racism. And really in our society, there is a, um, an opening uh, to look at systems and structures and how those play into um, biases and so forth. Um, so as, as a leader in BSA, I'm asking your, your advice for APU right? Um, if you could make a recommendation as to something you would like to see us look at that would help our Black students or our students of color to thrive and be whole, what would be the, what would be the recommendation you'd make to me today?
2: That's a big question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank you for calling me out because I think this is actually a very profound moment, so everyone else was not here. Um, initially, on the end of my bio, I, it said that it said that I'll be attending grad school for like a clinical CID program at like a specific program and stuff. And I asked Rachel not to include it because I was like, I don't want to brag. Like it feels braggy. I don't like it. But I, I appreciate you calling me out on that because it is a part of representation and I'm going to stop toning down my achievements so that I can inspire it and other little black girls. Thank you. <laughs> but in terms of your, oh, that's such a big question. Ah, you know, I think, (laughs) I think a big part of some work that APU could do. I think APU has this thing, a little bit of toxic positivity. Everything's going to be okay. Let's smile and hold hands and do life together. Um, And I think there are moments where it's always, there's always a very brief acknowledgement that something is wrong. You know, a brief acknowledgement and this very lighthearted commitment to changing things. And so now we're in this phase where we have the strategic plans, you know, and all of these things are happening and there are tangible efforts being made toward change. And that is very important. Um, And I think that's worth acknowledging. But I think there are also still many areas where there's not enough being done. And I think sometimes it's just because the APU community is often uncomfortable saying here's what's actually happening and here's more importantly, the weight of what is happening. I think APU does a good job of saying, hey, this thing is happening. But rarely do I see our community say, this is really, really horrible. This is so horrible. This is how it's affecting us and our students and our institution. This is how it's going to continue to affect us. And we need to do something about it. And so I think there needs to be more follow-up to APU's conversations of, you know, we see, we see that this is happening and we see that it's bad, and then it just kind of ends there. So I think there needs to be more depth to those conversations. There needs to be a commitment to not only recognizing that things are bad, but when students are saying, this is really, really bad, students also need to see APU respond with, yes, I see it's bad, what do you need? And how can we in our power, um, you know, cater to those needs? while still taking care of the things that we need to take care of, because we are a business and we are an institution. I think sometimes there's a little bit more, sometimes students just need more from APU than an acknowledgement that something bad is happening.
4: I appreciate that perspective. Thank you. Hmm.
2: Thank you for the question. That was good. I just want to do an acknowledgement
1: um, of saying, as we look even just as being women and getting degrees, like you will not just have one degree by the time you're finished, you'll have three And So I think that's like a big accomplishment that you should just brag on all the time. And just everyone who's here brag on those accomplishments because we're just adding more to the list of women adding
2: degrees in places that we weren't before. So yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Keep talking about. Achievements. I think it's important to be able to acknowledge those things um, and not be afraid to talk about the things that we are good at. So, thank you so much again, Chai, for joining us and sharing so much of yourself and your experience and how we can do better. I wanted to ask if you would be willing to go ahead and pray us out.
2: All right. Do whatever you need to do to get into a space with God. (laughs) Hi, God. Thank you for being so powerful but also being so loving you know, and being so absolutely unfathomably gigantic, but also being so small, also joining us in these spaces where um, we might forget that we need you, um, joining us in the mundane things of life. Thank you for being there as well as being in the cosmos and all over the galaxy and in every moment at every time. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to have these spaces, um, to have these conversations very honest conversations and to learn from them and to grow thank you for the community that the office of women's development is creating thank you for um, all of the people who work to make this podcast a reality and thank you for the people who have been on it before as guest speakers and the people who have been on it in the future Um, help us all to have a wonderful day to be empowered by you to hear what you are saying to us and to learn from those things and implement those things Help us to be more like you, more like your son. Help us to take the gifts that you've given us and implement them into glorifying you and doing your hard work. Um, Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be whole. And we ask that you help us as we strive to become more whole every day. We love you so much and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.
0: Again, thank you all so much for joining us in the One Smart Cookie podcast. Just a reminder that we gather over Zoom bi-weekly on Tuesdays at 12 p.m. and then release the audio as a podcast the following week. If you'd like to stay updated on the Office of Women's Development, feel free to follow us on social media or sign up on our email list. This way you can receive the One Smart Cookie link each week directly and see what we're up to. To sign up on the email list, either just shoot us an email, owd at apu.edu, or you can find the link to our list in our Instagram bio. Our Instagram is at OWD at APU. So that is the at sign, apu. We hope that listening to this podcast, you felt encouraged, seen, and maybe even a little bit challenged. From everyone here at the Office of Women's Development, know that we are praying for you and we hope that you have a great week.